good uh, afternoon. Erev Chag Shavuot. That's going to Bezrat Hashem in the coming days. So it's quite appropriate that we're going to be learning the sugya of Gerut, of uh, conversion, the process, the uh, the criteria in order for it to be a valid conversion. So perhaps the best way to understand conversion is to skip to page 218, sorry, 220, um, and we'll read the Rambam, because the Rambam really connects, tells us, that gives us the outline of what conversion is all about, and he also connects it to Chag Matan Torah, which we are about to celebrate. Says the Rambam in Hilchot Yisraeliya, Herek Yud Gimel, with three things, Am Yisrael entered into the covenant. Through doing a Brit Milah, obviously for men, uh, going to the Mikvah, that was for everyone, and bringing a sacrifice. Explains the Rambah. Am Yisrael, already in Egypt, they went through a Brit Milah. We know that no one who has, who still has a foreskin was permitted to take part of the Korban Pesach. So they had to do Brit Milah, they had to do the circumcision before they took part in the first Paschal Lamb, which happened in Egypt right before they, they went out. Malotam Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu basically had a circumcision factory and he, um, he made sure that everyone was circumcised. Because for generations prior to that, the Jewish people never did Brit Milah. The only tribe that continued to do Brit Milah was the tribe of Levi. When did they go to the Mikvah? Exactly in, um, what are we now? Gimel Sivan. Um, right? So uh, it says the, in the Pasuk, It says, and you will sanctify your, yourselves today and tomorrow, and you will wash your clothing. And what is that referring to? It means everyone's going to the mikvah. So that is the second uh, criteria that we learned after from Matan Torah. And the third criteria for Gerut is the korban shenema vayishlach et narei b'nei Yisrael vayyalu olot, right? And when Am Yisrael vayishlach et narei b'nei Yisrael, and they brought up the offerings, and that was also part of the story of Matan Torah. So we see the three criteria is number one, brit milah for males; number two, they went to the mikvah; and number three, um, bringing a korban. The Rambam continues. That was at Har Sinai. What about for future um, converts? The Chain Ledorot, similarly for all generations. When a non Jew wants to enter the covenant and come under the wings of the Shechina, the Kabbalah of Torah, and he accepts upon himself the yoke of, of Torah, then what does he need? He needs three actions. He needs to do a Brit Milah. He needs Tvila. He needs to go to the Mikvah. And he needs to do Hartsa'at Korban. That's basically throwing of the blood, which is the Korban bringing a sacrifice. But if it's a woman, Tvila the Korban. She just needs Tvila and a Korban. I just want to hop on this Rambam for, for a second. Go back to the second line. He says like this. A guy wants to be Jewish, wants to enter the covenant. Now, if you notice, the Rambam is saying two separate phrases. Enter the covenant. What's the covenant? The covenant is being part of Am Yisrael. And over and above that, right, and also to be under the wings of the Shechina. We say in Megillat Ruth, Amech Ami Velokaich Elokai. Ruth says, your nation is my nation, your God is my God. Is the Rambam hinting to two aspects of 
of conversion. Number one, Amechami, right, enter the brick, and Perhaps yes, perhaps no. Maybe we can a, be Medayek. Now, if that is, then he says, sorry, and he accepts the Torah, i.e. accepting mitzvot. So, if I want it, I would say it like this. First is Brit, and then there's Yistofef Tachal Ashkina Bekabalat Om Mitzvot. I put that in, in I, what does it mean to be a Yid? Not a Misnagid, not a Chassid. It has to be both. You know, you have to have the, the, the you have to have a Kesha with a Kosh Baruch and you have to do the Mitzvot. But that's all within the realm of Ben Adam Lamakom. But the first statement was Nichnes Lebrit. Or one could argue, no, what does it mean to enter the Brit? He explains, what does it mean the Brit? The only problem with that explanation is, what's the extra vav there? Right? If, if you, you could read it like that, right? but it's, it's slightly more difficult to, to say that that is the intention of the Rambam. We see that by the Rambam in Shura, when he talks about Vidu. Right. Says the Rav Soloveitchik would say, right, there are two aspects. It's not, but correct. I'm saying it's not necessarily, you know, an absolute proof. But here comes the interesting deal that I want to make also from the Rambam. He says, when a person wants to do what? Wants to basically enter the Brit, accept the Torah, accept Hashem, then he, what does he have to do? Three actions. Now someone is say like this. The Rambam is telling us the essence of conversion is what? Enter the Brit, Kabbalat all mitzvot, the acceptance of the yoke of mitzvot. What is the action that one does in order to do that, that is three things. That is doing a brit milah, going to the mikvah, bringing a korban. But based on that, one could argue that the essence of the conversion is actually kabbalat ol kabbalat ol Torah, kabbalat ol mitzvot, and perhaps nichnas lebrit of Am Yisrael. The actions that I take that identify that are almost, uh, call it symbolic, are Brit Mila, Tvila, and Hatzatam. Now that might be important because one could argue, as we'll see later, that perhaps maybe Kabbalat or Mitzvot is not, where does it fit in into the realm? According to this Rambam, it sounds like this is the essence of what converting is all about. Okay, now that we've said, we've given that um, um, introduction, I want to go back to the beginning of this year. Okay, so we basically said that uh, any conversion has to parallel what happened at Har Sinai. That is our prototype. That is our binyanav. Am Israel. They all had a brit milah. They all went to the mikvah. They all brought a korban. The Gemara in Kritut asks, "Hold on a second. Converts today can't bring a korban, right?" So, um, so based on that, how can we accept? Uh, a convert because they can't bring a karma. So the Gemara says, the Pasuk says, for all your generations, which means that the Torah was saying there you, there's a concept of accepting converts in every generation. So the Gemara learns out from there. When we have a Beit HaMikdash, where it's possible, they have to bring a karma. If they don't bring a karma, they cannot be a convert. Where it's where it's impossible for them to bring a, uh, a karban, then they are converts in any event. When the Beit HaMikdash will be built, they're going to have to bring a karban, right? They, they, they've got some serious uh, um, tashlumin to do, just as every woman who's had a child, by the way, has some serious tashlumin. When the Beit HaMikdash is rebuilt, they're all going to be have to, the women are going to have to be bringing karbanot. I mean, we're also going to probably all, all, all be... Uh, or the Shogeg uh, Korbanot that we'll have to bring. But anyway, the point is, is that the fact that today we don't have a Korban is not Ma'akev. It doesn't prevent people from becoming a convert. It was a, a, a Shaila asked, 
um, to the Sri Daesh. Sri Daesh was one of the Golay uh, Poskim after the Holocaust, pre Holocaust, after the Holocaust. And he was asked about a certain gentleman, an elderly man, 85 or whatever, who wanted to convert. And the doctor said that basically he's not medically fit to go through a circumcision. And the question was, could he convert without a circumcision? Perhaps this is similar to the no. convert that can't bring a carbon because it's impossible. So for this gentleman, it was impossible for him to have a Brit Mila due to his age. Could he convert? Interesting, the Srida H basically was, uh, he wrote to Rav Cook and a third Gadol. I can't remember who the other Gadol. There were three Gadolim that, that, that were um, basically corresponding between each other. They all came to the same conclusion. It's not the same. I, the law of the Korban is unique, but a person who cannot go through circumcision, that he will not be able to be a convert. Both Rabbi Cook and, and the Srida H, and uh, there was a whole discussion about it, but that was the, uh, that was the ruling. I can't remember who the third, perhaps I think the Chofetz Chaim, maybe it was the Chofetz Chaim. It was written pre-war. I think it could have been the Chofetz Chaim. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, um, now, let's start at the beginning of the year. The famous Gemara in Bukharat. So we said, according to the Rambam, the essence of, uh, at least the way I explained it, is the essence of, the, of, of conversion is really when a person wants to join the Brit and Mechabel Torah and Listofef Tachat and come under the wings of the Shechina. So part of that is obviously accepting mitzvot. What does that mean? So here says the Gemara. Sorry, forgot to turn this off. Apologize. Um, one second. So says the Gemara in Masechet Bechorot, Daf Lamed Amud Bet, those who are learning Daf Yomi, we did this about two weeks ago. Goy shebar lekabel dibrei Torah chutz mi davar echad ain mekablin oto. A convert who wants to convert, but he says six hundred and twelve mitzvot I can deal with. That six hundred and thirteen mitzvot that that law of shaknas just I don't I, it doesn't do it for me. We don't accept it. Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Yudah Omer, Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Yudah says, "Afilu diktuk echad mi divrei sofrim." Even one diktuk, detail, rabbinic decree, we also will not accept it. <clears throat> so when we say that the Rambam said we need kabbalat or mitzvot, how we said that's the the essence of accepting the the conversion. Here the Gemara says it has to be a complete acceptance of Torah and mitzvot, not only a complete acceptance of 613 mitzvot or but also all the, the rabbanans, etc. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go, but you know, that story of Muksa on Shabbos, that's out of, that, that's not for me. We won't accept him. Now, question. This Gemara, when it says we won't accept him, does that mean lechatchila? Abnishio, we don't accept him. But if a Beitin did accept him, the conversion is good. Or is the Gemara saying, we don't accept him, and even if a Beitin did accept him, it's nullified. I, the conversion was not a valid conversion. How do you understand this Gemara? So we'll leave it at the back burner, okay? But let's uh, let's continue. So, is there a and I'm not sure. I can't remember all the uh, how the Rishonim explain it, but we what's certain is we paskin like Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudha. Whether he's explaining the Tanakhama or whether he's just um, arguing, nevertheless, we paskin like Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudha, which means that when we talk about conversion, it has to be complete. So here comes a question, right? Many people today uh, want to convert. And we have a question. Maybe this complete acceptance of Torah mitzvot is not so clear. Would their conversion, could we convert them? And is it a valid conversion? 
Now, Rav Chaim Ozegrodinsky was, was a very interesting and famous personality, rabbinic sage. Why? Because he basically was the last gadol pre-World War II, pre-Holocaust, that was the accepted Posek and Jewish leader for the entire Jewish world. He was the Rav of Vilna. He was the head of uh, Aguda Israel, one of the founders, head of Vada Yeshivas, and basically he was the Posek Hadar, the undisputed Posek Hadar. There's a famous um, hesped that Rav Soloveitchik gave of Rav Chaim Oizer Krodzinski that said once Rav Chaim Oizer um, um, passed away, so we don't have Dula and, uh, and, and Torah B'makom Echad. He, he was the undoubted sage, Ilui, Posek, and also leader of the Jewish people. After that, we have, we have different, but since Rav Chaim Oizer, now, because he was not only was he an undisputed leader, he was also living in a very interesting time. He was living at, in the heart of emancipation, which means that many questions were arising about intermarriage that, that kind of have only, only arisen within the last pretty much 70 years pre-World War II, I mean, from, the, from the middle of 1800s to when he was around. So he was dealing with a lot of issues that were really fresh, or only a few uh, few years old, you know, um, a couple of uh, perhaps 60, 70 years old. So he was dealing with, with these issues that were coming up. And he was dealing with many people that were intermarrying or wanted to convert. They had a Jewish girlfriend, Jewish boyfriend, and he had to deal with this. How do we convert? Based on what we just accept, there has to be a total acceptance of Torah and mitzvot. Says Zahachiezer famous tshuva in Chele Gimel, Siman Chafva. And he read, The din zed the nochri shebali itkaber o kabel alav kol ha-mitzvot chutz midiktuk echad midivrei sofrin den mekablin oto. That halacha that we just brought from the Gemari in Bechorah, that if a, a, a convert is not interested in accepting even a one halachic rabbinic decree, we don't accept him, says the Achiezer, hainu, that is when the matneh shelo lakabel when he makes a conditional, when a guy says, listen, I'm prepared, he goes in front of the baker, I'm prepared to accept Torah and mitzvot, except for that muksa business. And I want to be permitted, I don't want to have a guilty conscience. I'm saying it up front, so everyone knows, I'm not going to worry about muksa on Shabbos. That's when, says, ah, yes, we cannot accept such a uh, person. But then, the ancient Yerba Tnai Begerut Vengerut Lechatzein. Right? There's no, there's no such thing of leaving out or omissions or half a Gerut. It's an all or nothing package. You're either in or you're out. So if he's not prepared to accept even a small, even a rabbinic decree, we don't accept it. Ava, however, someone who accepts all of the mitzvot, but he knows that he's going to have a certain taiva, he's going to have a certain desire that he's not going to be able to overcome and he's going to break a, that cheeseburger. Um, you know, he grew up on shrimps, right? And he just, he knows he's, he's going to keep a kosher home, but he, he you know, Erev Rosh Chodesh, he's going to go have that, that, that shrimps because he's not going to, he probably, he knows he's not going to be able to, to hold back. Says, says, This is not a lacking in what we said was critical Kabbalat all mitzvot, the acceptance of mitzvot. Now, this is a huge, huge leniency. Basically, what is Achiezer told us? He's told us, yes, we have to accept the mitzvot. But if the person doesn't do it from an ideological standpoint, he says, you know, this halacha I don't agree with, this, you know, the Torah got it wrong. He says, this is the halacha, I know, but I know I'm a human being, I know I've got desires, and I'm, I'm probably going to fall. I'm, you know, in such a case, says Achiez, that would be a valid conversion. But now he continues. In the same tshuva, ulam, however, where it is clear, he will definitely violate Torah violations, Chilul Shabbat, 
desecrating Shabbos, achilat treifot, and eating treif. And we know for certain his intention. He's just doing it, you know, he's, he's, he's not sincere. It's all from the Misafa Belachut, how he said in Hebrew, in, in English. Right, it's, it's uh, from the mouth outward, but it's not, it's, it's not a sincere gesture. Now this phrase, is going to be very critical as we continue this year. It is a clear proof or clear assessment that what he says, that he accepts the mitzvot, means nothing. In which case, this is considered a lacking of accepting of mitzvot, and it is ma'akeh. Now, what did he say in the first paragraph, and what did he say in the second paragraph? In the first paragraph, what did he say? He says he accepts mitzvot, but he knows he's going to break it. That's still okay. Then, he, then Achiezer says, but if we know that the guy is going to break Shabbos and Yontif and, 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 and eat trade, then it's, it's not okay. One could argue, hold on a second. A guy says, you know what? I accept Shabbos. It's just too hard. What, no electricity? I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not going to look at my laptop for 25 hours. That's ridiculous. I, I won't be able to do it, right? Not that it's wrong. Keeping kosher. Are you mad? Uh, uh, okay, I agree. It's a good good thing, but I, don't, I can't keep kosher. What, this meat milk business? I can't eat my cheeseburger? So what's the difference where is, in, in paragraph number two, he says, well, that, that's make, as opposed to paragraph one, where he basically says it's okay. Now, it's, 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 the, the question is, becomes quite a gray area, because the question is where you put the line. I, where, there, there is a gray area. I think there is a point where a quantitative uh, amount of not doing mitzvot shows a certain qualitative um, uh, sincerity to his, uh, to his claim that he actually accepted the mitzvot. If a person keeps all the mitzvot, but you know what, once a month he goes and he has his cheeseburger or he, he has his shrimp, Nahon, he, he broke a Torah violation. But in essence, he's keeping Torah mitzvot. He's acting like a from Jew. He's acting like a from Jew who falls. We all not tzaddikim. We all have our we all have our skeletons in our closet that we we all fall. But a person who a person who doesn't keep um, Shabbos or he doesn't keep kashrut. I think most of us, let's say a Jew, doesn't keep Shabbos and doesn't keep kashrut. We would define him as a non shomrei Torah Jew. Right? Not, not, he's not a from Jew. He's not Shomer Torah Mitzvah. What do you mean? He put the davens, um, you know, he puts some tefillin, but there's certain like basic pillars of what it means to be a from Jew. And says Achiez, if he's not going to do that, then even if he says he wants to, and it's just because of his tiger that he, you know, he can't look at his phone for, for 24 hours, at a certain point we say no. That, that, quanti that quantitative level of these pillars is actually a qualitative um, a deficiency in your Kabbalat or mitzvot. That's saying the footnote how basically Rav Willig, the Rosh Hashiva of uh, YU, kind of explains the Achiezer. So on the one hand, we have this leniency of the Achiezer. Basically, if a person accepts to live a Torah lifestyle, but he's going to fall here and there because out of Ta'avon, because of his desire, he can't handle it, that's one thing. But if a person is not going to live like a from Jew, then, then basically says, Achiezer, we cannot accept um, such a conversion. Okay? So is Achiezer understood up until now? Yeah. We've gone back to the Gemara, but what about before the Gemara? Well, I mean, many times, uh, Maisa Shahaya is, is uh, something that's very strong. Yeah. And Yochman Ben Hokanes. He converted the Yidunim. And what, 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 what was the case? They converted the whole the whole nation of Edom. Okay. But what is conversion? Well, there was a, what does that mean for forced conversion? We'll see the ritual in a moment. Every, there's going to be a forced conversion in a moment. Right. We'll come back to you. Right, right. So we will come back to this forced conversion in a moment. Yeah. But the, another question. 
along this line. A, a prospective convert is not taught Kol HaTorah Kula before he converts. Hold that thought. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that point as well. The Shulchan Aruch is going to address that in a moment. Okay? And, and by the way, the Urch HaShulchan. Yeah. I don't know if you had a copy of it. The Urch HaShulchan said that once a basically converts person, he's a Jew. And if he does something wrong, then he's a Jew who did something we'll wrong. We'll see. We'll see. We'll get to that Aruch HaShulchan. He was preceded by the Shach. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So, so um, now, the Eagle of Moshe adds another um, just a caveat. When I said that Gemara, I asked, um, is it only L'Chathchila that we don't accept him, but if he did convert, then he is accepted? As the rabbi wanted to say, if the Beitin accepted him, then maybe the conversion is a good conversion. The Gemara was only saying L'Chathchila. Look at what Moshe finds in source number four, in Eagle of Moshe, you're there. Um, that more that we saw says Rav Moshe Feinstein, it's implied even if the Beitin accepted him, he's not a convert. I even the fact that the Gemara didn't tell us that Yevet, he is a ger. Here seems said here in this chuva, Rav Moshe Feinstein has another chuva which actually contradicts. But uh, in this chuva, Rav Moshe Feinstein is explaining to us that that gemara is an absolute even bediyevet. So if we take that gemara as you can't, it cannot accept a convert unless there's a complete, um, con, uh, uh, we need to accept a complete acceptance of Torah mitzvot. Now Rav Moshe Feinstein is telling us that's not only lechatchila but it's also bediyevet. However, we have the leniency of the Yachiezer. The leniency of the Achiezer says that if a person says he's going to sin, but on a certain issue, because of his desire, that is not considered a lacking in Kabbalat or Mitzvot. I want to give, uh, just skip to Shut Igrot Moshe, another truth of Igrot Moshe. There are many truths of Igrot Moshe regarding conversion, um, and not all of them um, are. Um, I've seen one or two contradictions. Um, one of them is what I just mentioned now. Over here, the Gemara, he says categorically that that, that, that um, conversion, that Gemara was even better. But yeah, look, Rabbi Moshe Fancy was dealing with a, a woman who was converting, and basically um, it was coming up a three-day yalta. Sounds uh, familiar, right? Uh, and she was worried she was going to get fired. So, you know, take off she's a new job. And she just takes off, it was like, you know, one of those three day uh, it was like, um, I don't know, what, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, or whatever it was. Um, and, and she was too white. She was going to, so when she converted, she basically intended to go and go into, into work and, and do the job. And Miss Thomas, she was going to break a lot of um, halachot and, and probably Israel probably Dorite and writing, etc. Ramosha Weissin was asked, well, is that a lacking or an invalid conversion? So he says as follows, Mistabim, seems to me, this is in Chelek Aleph of Yeradeh, Kufnun Zayn. This is after the fact. I can't remember, I think he, he was asked the question after the fact. I think the woman came back afterwards and she says, do I need to redo it? Um, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he said, Mistabim, Mi Mashmaut Kamadvari. From, from, from many sugyas, that what? The ger mitzvot. The convert who accepted all the mitzvot. But said to beitin, Although he accepts all the mitzvot, There's certain mitzvot that a person has to give one's life rather than transgress. And the convert says to the beitin, Look, I accept the mitzvot, but I know when they put a gun to my head and they say, bow down to the idol or take the bullet, I'm probably going to bow down to the idol. I'm not going to be able to withstand that test. Is that a lacking of Kabbalat or Mitzvot? Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, Shenechshav Kabbalat Mitzvot. That is not considered a lacking. That is a, an accepted, he's a, that's considered a complete acceptance of Mitzvot. Mitzvot where he will be able to 
to do it. And he won't be in a under complete duress. Here, the reason why he's not is not fulfilling the mitzvah or doing that very because he just can't withstand the trial. After and this, he says, seems to him logical, not only about, you know, giving one's life, but even if it is a monetary test that a person will not be able to stand the trial, it's still considered Kabbalat al-Mitzvah. So says Ramosh Abayi regarding that woman, basically she accepted the mitzvot, but she couldn't stand the monetary trial of, of possibly being fired because she couldn't stand it. Says Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, that's not a lacking in Kabbalat al-Mitzvot. So we've got two leniencies. The one is basically the leniency of the Achiezer, that basically a person accepts a mitzvot, but he knows he's going to fail due to his desires. And then we, 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 we need to put a, we need to red flag at what point do we say to a guy wants to be Jewish, but you know, he desires to go to the beach on, on, on Shabbos and to have his cheeseburger and basically not to do any of the mitzvot because of his desires. So we said there's got to be a red flag and we, we try to quantify it. And again, that quantification might differ according to different batei din. I, the Beitin in Bnei Brak might have a different understanding of that quantification as opposed to the Beitin in um, Riverdale, New York, right? For example. On the other hand, uh, we have the other leniency of Ramosha Feinstein. And that is basically that it's not because I've got a desire, but it's uh, almost a fear. A person can't withstand the trials. That also is not considered a lacking in one's acceptance of mitzvot. And the chidush of Ramosha Feinstein is that it's not just, you know, when you have to give up your life, but it also could even be a monetary trial. Right? So that, I, I remember there was a, a pilot in South Africa who was converting. And basically, he needed to fly on Shabbat. If, if, if he wouldn't fly on Shabbat, then and basically they wouldn't, uh, he, he would lose his job, he would lose his parnasa. So I can't remember what the deal was there. I think in the end he didn't. He didn't fly on Shabbat. But it would be an, a, a, it's an interesting case of here. The guy's not saying that he doesn't accept Shabbat. He's saying that he's going to lose his job. So according to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, it could very well be that that would be considered Kabbalat or Mitzvot. However, however, would Rabbi Rav Moshe and Feinstein said that if the guy was going to do it for the next, for the rest of his life? This woman was only going to do it, you know, she was starting a job in this young for two weeks' time after a conversion. And she, she, now, would Rabbi Moshe and Feinstein said that if the person was going to work every Shabbos and Yontif, or would that be fall into now the category, the second category of the Achiezer? Again, a bit of a gray area. It's not so clear from the actual response. Uh, a response of what, where the, 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 the line is, is placed. Um, and that might come down, uh, I want to, um, okay, let's, let's, uh, we'll come back to what you mentioned in the name of the Aruch HaShulchan. Keep, keep those two questions that, that we have, both on the Achiezer and on the Rav Moshe Feinstein, keep them at the back burner, and then we'll have to deal with it later. Now, what happens if a person is married, is, is converting, but not L'Shem Shemayim? What's the classic case? Basketball. Huh? Basketball. Basketball? Why? Yeah, you have to be Jewish and Oh, yeah? I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I didn't know about that, but the, the more common reason for, for becoming Jewish uh, is marriage, right? The guy's going out with a non-Jewish girlfriend or a, a non-Jewish boyfriend, and now they want to get married. The family says, that's it, I'm, we're not talking to you until, you know, there's a conversion. So they say, oh, okay, we'll convert. But the, wo the woman or the man who's converting is basically in order to get married, right, for Shalom Bayit issues, whatever it is. Says the, says the, the, the Gemara in the Sext of Katanot, someone is converting for the sake of a woman. For the sake of love, or for fear, right? They know Ger, he's not a convert. All those who converted in the times of Esther and Mordechai are not considered converts. 
Why were they converting? They were scared. So they wanted protection, right? And the protection was basically by converting. So it says Rabbi Nehemia, they were not converts. Says the Masechet of Ketanot, quite categorically, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, the conversion is invalid. However, the Gemara in Chafdalet, in Yevamot, Chafdalet has a different take. Hanitana Rashifcha, this is a Mishnah. Hanitana Rashifcha v'nishtachra, ol anochrit v'nitgaira, harayze lo yichnos v'im kanas ein motzin miyado. Let's take the second line. A, a man is suspected of having relations with a non-Jewish woman, right? And then she converts. Says Mishnah, he's not allowed to marry her. But if he did marry her, we don't make them get divorced. Okay? So the case is, we suspect Mr. <clears throat> Ruvain, who's having, we suspect he had relations with uh, Miss, um, you know, Christina. And then Christina decides to convert. So the Mishnah tells us that Ruvain and Christina, who's now Abigail, she changed her name, she cannot, they cannot get married. However, if they did get married, we don't make them get divorced. Also, Gemara, page 210. It sounds like she was actually a convert. The Gemara just said that they can't get married. But if they do get married, you don't make them get divorced. It sounds like she's Jewish. It's just that they can't get married. So ask the Gemara, but didn't we just learn in Masechtot Ketanot, didn't, this is the words of Rabbi Nechemia. What did Rabbi Nechemia say? Those who converted because of the historical story of the lions uh, in Israel, they were worried about them. Because of dreams. Or those who converted in times of Mordechai Esther. Einan Gerim. Until they um, convert in our times. Asigamara Bismana Ze Salkadaita. What do you mean? Only in our times they can convert, other times not. It has to be similar to our times. I not not necessarily because uh, you know the Jews, everyone was scared of the Jews. So according to that, this woman is not marrying, is didn't convert the Shem Shamayim. She converted because she wanted to get married, Nachon. So how does that how did the Mishnah say she's Jewish? We don't paskin like that. We paskin like the other opinion that argues with Rabbi Nehemiah and says motivation is important, but it's not, it doesn't invalidate a, a conversion, right? It won't invalidate a conversion. So says the Gemara, well, if the conversion wasn't invalid, so now this girl, Christina, who converted because she wanted to marry Reuben, now she converted. She's now Abigail. Why cannot she marry Reuben? Why did the mission say that she can't marry Reuben? Answers the Gemara, Mishum de Ravasi, Dam Ravasi, Aser Mimcha, Ikshut Pebel, Zutz Vataim, Achek Mimecha. Says Ravasi basically that we don't want to cause Loshan Hora. A person has to worry about his good name. Now, there was a suspicion that Reuben was having relations with this girl, Christina. If Christina now converts, and then the next week, Ruvain says, ah, I'm dating this girl and I'm going to marry her. What is everyone going to say? All the suspicions that we had about Ruvain having a affair with Christina are obviously true. So because you know, that's ruining his reputation, that's basically he's calling himself a sinner. So a person, that's why the mission says we don't let them get married because we, uh, we have to worry about the reputation um, his reputation, the Jewish community's reputation, and therefore we don't allow such a thing. But if they did get married, she's a Jew, he's a Jew, so we don't make them get divorced. Yeah? Up until now, the Gemara is quite clear. So basically, when it comes to motivation, to summarize, when it comes to motivation, we said that even if the motivation is incorrect, we, don't, we shouldn't accept people, but if the motivation is incorrect, the conversion works. Yes? Everyone agree to that? Now, 
By the way, according to the Mishnah, so we can't marry them, Nahan. But we don't pass them. No. What we paskin is that what? That the conversion is a good conversion. That's what we don't According to Rabbi Nachemia, she wasn't a convert. The conversion was invalid. And the Gemara in Yevamot says, we don't pass on her, Rabbi Nechemia. She is a gay. So then the Gemara says, okay, well, if she's a gay, why can't they marry? Well, no, no, we can't marry. So mashma from the Mishnah, that the Halacha follows the Mishnah. By the way, no one argues on the Mishnah. This is Halacha Psukah from the Mishnah all the way down to the Rambam, it seems that no one argues. There's not even a machlokin in the Gemara about right? Some brighter that I'll do the mission. No, we don't let them marry. Question. I think 90% of conversions to the, maybe I've got my statistics wrong, a large amount. I would say the predominant majority of conversions are for the sake of marriage. Right? At least out of Israel. Israel yeah. for maybe might be different. Okay, Israel's different. But in Chutzaret, and I don't know one bait in that doesn't accept a convert even though they're going out with a non-jew and other rabbi and make the jewish partner go through the conversion process as well and after they both go through the conversion process go through all the lessons then they marry them against our mishnah that is a question we don't pass on like this mishnah why we don't pass on like this mishnah is a famous truva of the rambam um but we'll leave it for for another time certain things should not be said uh, yeah. I, I know a case like this, exactly like this, where they were like, together before, mm -hmm. and the rabbis made them separate. Right, like, that's standard. Or something yeah. like that, and during the working process. And then once, once the person was converted, then they were left. Right, so usually they, they have to separate uh, three months before. Right. That's the, the basic minimum that a, that a baiting will. Um, will demand sometimes more, sometimes less. But what's just interesting is that what I'm saying is that so we saw that motivation was is not critical to invalidate it, even though it is critical. What motivation is critical for is we don't let the couple get married, and all the then do not pass in like this Mishnah, even though there's no argument on the Mishnah, it's passed in the Gemara, it's passed in the Rambam, and the answer for that is found in a famous. Shuva of the Rambam, for those who want to uh, look it up, it's in Pe'er Hador. Um, I think Reishmen Aleph or Reishmen Gim or something like that. A famous Shuva of the Rambam, for those who want to look it up, a fascinating, uh, fascinating Shuva. Okay, so says the, and, and by the way, all the Rishonim and Achronim afterwards, even though it's a Mefurash, against the Mefurash Mishnah, accepted the Psak of the Rambam. Unbelievable. Whether you're in Neibrak or you're in uh, in Norway, everyone accepted the psak of the Shulchan, of the Rambam, basically. Um, okay, maybe not everyone, but uh, let's continue. Okay, now there's a question over here, and that is maybe we said so. Motivation is not critical. Okay, but yeah, but we did say. That if a person was makabel all machut shamayim and all Torah and mitzvot, that is critical. So how do we balance? On the one hand, saying that here I know that this woman or this man basically is going through the conversion process. Why? In order to get married, right? So so and we said that, but even that's okay. The conversion is a good conversion. And we said that according to even Rav Moshe Feinstein clearly said that 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 the person doesn't accept Torah mitzvot, even Bediyeved, it's going to nullify the conversion. How do we, is there a contradiction between these two sakin? So look at the Ritva. The Ritva says as follows, Vikshuk Tosfot. Tosfot asks a question, came in the Garei Arayot Gerimen, L'Rabonen, Lama Amrushem Kegoyim. Right? Why did the Chachamim still say that these people are Goyim? Lama Amrushem Gerei Arayote. Right, according to the opinion that basically they did convert. That's different. The Pasuk tells us, Ayinavi tells us that they didn't accept the Ramitzvot. So because they didn't accept the Ramitzvot, so that's why we didn't accept them. 
ולא קיבלו עליהם. ומאן דה מחשב, אבל אקוראים את האופיניה, זה בעצם שאומר שהם טובים קונברטס. Now, how can they be good converts? We know they had an ulterior motive. They were scared. So if they were scared, surely their kabbalat or mitzvot, the acceptance of mitzvot was not true. Answers the ritva, hatam savar, denidgayru belev shalem, ele lechazru lesuram. No, they accepted with the whole heart, but then they went off the derech afterwards. Aval hacha, But in our case, since they basically, in our case, this woman is marrying because she wants to marry Ruve, Christina wants to marry Ruve, since they converted and they accepted upon themselves the conversion, the uh, uh, mitzvot, we have a halachic um, presumption, the agav on sayu gamru v'kiblu, That phrase, agav on sayu, due to their duress, they did accept the mitzvot. What is the ritva saying? The ritva is saying as follows. The bottom line is, we know that this person's motivation was incorrect. Why do they want to convert? They wanted to convert because they want to get married. Okay. But in the end of the day, Because of the duress of the situation, I, she can't marry Ruben until she converts. So they still accepted completely the mitzvot. What, we are, what, what basically the ritva is saying is that motivation is not necessarily indicative of whether there is a complete acceptance of Torah and mitzvot. My motivation can be lacking in terms of, I'm not doing it for the right reasons. I'm not doing it because I want to come close to Hashem and I've seen the light in the Torah. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm doing it because I want to get married. But once I've made that decision, I'm going all the way. Right, right, right. On the other side, but, but, but a similar idea. I, um, they're basically, once, the, once I'm in that uh, very difficult position, I'm accepting it completely. Now, there are those that want to explain as follows. This ritva, if that is true, that basically under duress, therefore they accepted it completely, why do, why, why do we assume that they accepted it completely? So look at the Beit Yitzchak, Rav Shmelkes. Rav Shmelkes also was a, a very important Possek in the 1800s. He has um, also one of the first Poskim that was dealing with New Age questions. Electricity. One of the first shuvas that dealt with electricity was Rav, Rav Shmelkes, right? the Beit Yitzchak. He says as follows. Right? He's doing it for ulterior reasons, ulterior motives. Nevertheless, the halacha is we accept. We don't pass from Rav Shmelkes. However, the Ritva explained. B'Shem Ramban in the name of the Ramban. The reason is that since they had to, they kind of accepted the mitzvot. What do we see from this? That we still need the acceptance of mitzvot. Right? All the ritual is basically done for us. Is he has... put a line in the sand between motivation and acceptance of mitzvot, even though my motivation can be incorrect. It doesn't mean my acceptance of mitzvot is incorrect. But if a person is not sincere about accepting the mitzvot, we know his intention. And afterwards, he's still going to not keep Tarat HaMishpacha, he's still going to eat trade and break Shabbos. Interesting, you, you brought those three examples, and that could, that, that could fit into what we were saying beforehand within the Achiezer, either certain quantitative measures that are pillars of Yadut, that without them, even if it's for Te'avon, we're not going to accept it. Lo have a ger klav. In such a case, he's not considered a ger. Velo shayach lomar bazeh dvarim shebelayev einam dvarim. And here, Rav Shmelkes introduces us to a very important phrase. We have a principle in halakha. 
The halacha says like this, right? I go up to Johnny and I say, Johnny, I want to buy your car, right? We sign an agreement. We, we, we sign an agreement. Everything is done. You tell me the price. We have all the conditions. You have intention to sell. I have intention to buy. We agree on a price and we, we, we agree in front of Adim or we sign, right? The next week I say, I was, actually, I was only joking. I didn't actually intend to do it. It was just, you know, there was a camera that was taking pictures of it. That Dvarim Shebelei, Venam Dvarim, we have a principle in Halakha, what's in my heart means nothing. Was there a sale? Were there witnesses? Is there a shtar? Have we got the right ingredients to make this a valid sale? What's in my heart, what I'm having in my intention, has no bearing on the halachic ramification. So one could argue, this guy stands up in front of the Beit Din and he says, I accept all 613 mitzvot, all the mitzvot the Rabbanan, whatever you want to throw at me, God, he's accepted it. He's said in front of the Beit Din. Now, so what if Varim Shebelev in his mind, he's, you know, next week I'm, you know, I'm going to be on a plane for my honeymoon with my, uh, with my new wife, right, on Shabbos morning we're flying to Cyprus. Now, who cares what's in his mind? Varim Shebelev and I'm Varim. Says Rav Shmelkes, no. Says Rav Shmelkes, that if we know for certain that this guy has no intention, then we don't say Dvarim Shebelem Enam Dvarim. Vim bilibo shelo yikamam Rachman alibabai. Because for conversion, Rachman alibabai, Hashem wants our hearts and our yadna. Now this is a huge topic in Halakha. What is Rav Shmelk has basically told us? That basically, even if the guy says he's accepting all the mitzvot, we don't necessarily believe him. Now, where do you draw the line? If you go back to the, remember the first Achiezer, the Achiezer used a phrase in the second paragraph, three lines from the bottom, Hare umdana demuchach. Umdana demuchach means like this. We have a clear assessment that this guy is not going to be keeping Shabbos and Torah and mitzvah. Oh, so, so part of the, 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 the gay root process is we try and put them in a community, they're part of it. Why? Because we want to put all the infrastructure into place that it's not a umdana demuk. If you convert someone and he goes back to live in his apartment in Tel Aviv with all his friends, what are the chances that he's going to be keeping Shabbos and keeping a kosher home? Man, it's almost... And umdana demuchach, that it's not going to happen. Right? Yes or no? That's what Rav Melkis is saying. And that's basically also what the Achiezer, that when you have an umdana demuchach, when you have a clear notion that this person is not going to keep mitzvot, no matter what they say, it doesn't count. Look at Rav Kook. Rav Kook, in Dart Kohen, calls Mancha Kabbalah as long as the convert stated correctly, we can't start working out what's in his heart. Because we have our principle. We don't start working on what were you thinking. Even if he afterwards comes and tells us. He wasn't sincere. He comes we, after or whatever. Question time. But he says afterwards he wasn't. According to Rav Kook, he's a convert, right? So one could argue that this is a huge, huge discrepancy between the Beit Yitzhak, Rav Shmelkes, and Rav Kook, right? Basically, Rav Kook is saying that pretty much if a convert tells that he's going to keep the Torah mitzvot, yes, we need Kabbalah to mitzvot, no one's arguing, but if he says he's going to keep the mitzvot, that's it. He's a Jew. So what have we seen up until now? We've got, we got seven minutes, so we'll just we'll, 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 we'll wrap up. We're not going to get through. There's a lot to say about conversion, and we've just literally touched the surface and everything that we've said we can, we can go further into. But it seems that even if we hold that accepting of mitzvot is primary, it is critical, if, even but ever the contract martial finds it's not going to work. However, we have found three possible leniencies where maybe even though the Kabbalah told mitzvot is on shaky ground, the conversion still works. Leniency number one of the Yahyezid, 
the guy says, for Teavon, I'm not going to be able to keep X, Y, and Z. That would still be a good acceptance of, of mitzvot. However, where you put the boundary, at what stage do you say, this is no longer, he didn't accept mitzvot, the Achiezer pointed to Shabbos and Kashrut, but maybe there's somewhere else that we could put the flag line as well. Reason number two, leniency number two, Rav Moshe Feinstein. Moshe Feinstein basically said that if you accept the mitzvot, but you feel you're not going to be able to withstand the Naveira because of fear, and even monetary fear, he also felt that that wasn't a lacking in acceptance of mitzvot. The third discussion is basically, do we accept the principle of Dvarim Shebelebe and Dvarim also regarding conversion? We basically take it at face level. Whatever the guy says, he says, and what he didn't, if he said he accepts the mitzvah, then we don't care what's going to happen afterwards. Yeah? Rav Cook seemed to imply that. The Beit uh, Yitzchak said no. Rav Cook, um, it seems, is a Dat Yachid, although if you ask Rav um, the Dayan, um, uh, yeah, uh, from Israel, uh, Diane, uh, yeah, Dachowski. Uh, so he passes very incredibly, and I'm very, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much he pretty much accepts the principle of very incredibly within certain parameters, as opposed to other uh, Diane will say, we pretty much don't accept. And unless, unless within certain parameters, that's a huge. Uh, Basically, yeah. anyone who says I want to be together, enough. No. So most batei din do not accept that. Most batei din, we are not going to basically, um, gonna, we're not going to give the the, the stempel and say this is a good conversion. We'll say you're not sincere. Come back, right or whatever it is. Um, when there's an umdena demuch. Right? Now, the question is also, how do you define an umdana demucha? Right? So one could argue that if we know that the guy standing on Friday you know, at the mikveh saying that he's accepting, and, but we know he's holding tickets, you know, we, we, we uh, hacked his computer, and we know he's got tickets for going on an airplane on Shabbos morning, that's an umdana demucha. The guy's not serious, right? But if the guy just says it, but, you know, He's going to go back to his uh, his community. No one keeps his job. Is it an umdan al Maybe. Maybe yes, maybe not. It's, it's also, how do you define an umdan al But now look at Rav Moshe Fancy. And we'll end with Rav Moshe Fancy. Bameshan is tapek vatarato in ger shaloki belarab mitzvot im nechshab ger. A person didn't accept mitzvot. Is he considered a convert? Pashutu barur. It is clear to me that no ger klal is not a, 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 a ger at all. Achber yebed. Even Bediyevet, v'chein horah ha'bemori agaon halach l'maiseh. That's how I follow the Pasuk. V'af ima mar v'piv, even if he says, right, sh'mekabel mitzvot, that he's accepting the mitzvot, im anan sahade, anan sahade is a phrase of the Gemara, we are witnesses. It's like, we know for certain. It's again, coming back to this, umdana demucha, it's a clear certainty. That what? That is not sincere. And not klum. Says when what defines in such a case is not klum. The gershem ahanin l'shem ishut beriyeved. Iri shabishvila ishut kibel alav mitzvot bemet. And then Rav Moshe Feinstein adds in the last two lines that he, although his motivation was for you know Christina was wanting to marry Ruvain, but in the end of the day, she did accept the mitzvot completely. Maybe originally. Her motivation for joining the conversion process was incorrect. It doesn't mean that she didn't accept it. If she didn't accept it, according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, it's invalid. And Rav Moshe Feinstein passes varim varim. In this case, in the case of conversion, badai, we look at the what is going on in the person's heart. Now, it's a there is a bit of uh, someone want to claim that Rav Cook has been misquoted here. Why? What was the truth that Rav Cook was dealing with? Rav Cook was dealing with the following case. A guy converted, he then married someone, right? And then he, after a while, left the country, said, that's it, enough of this Judaism. He's now on a Tibetan mountain doing all his Zaborizar. Right? And the woman's in Aguna. So they came to Rav Cook and they said, maybe she doesn't need a get because maybe 
he, he wasn't, he wasn't, you can see that, that, that this guy wasn't serious. What was Rav Kook saying over there? Over there, the Rav Kook was, was tasking when did Rav Kook say that? To say that what? We still have to be that this woman is married and therefore I can't just permit her to get married without a gift. Would Rav Kook say it even to say that, you know, and this convert is a convert, you know, would he say it? So that's a bit of a discussion. How do I understand the Rav Kook? Some want to say that Rav Kook has been taken out of context over here and basically only passed in Dvarim and Andvarim when it is to be Machbir, but not, definitely not to be Makeup. So we'll leave it at that. Chag Kasheh V'Sameach, Bezrat Hashem, they will all uh, uh, merit to come through the conversion process of Matan Torah, relive it, and accept it with a full heart. Amen. Is that uh, the screen of Rav Kook? No. Um, oh, I don't think